I'll share a testimony then if no one else will. Because today is a very, very exciting day for me. I'm going to not cry because it's exciting. And when we're excited, we laugh and smile. But when we, when Jess and I got the, the dream, I guess, to, to lead a community, and you all know the story, it wasn't my plan, it wasn't what I had set out, but God asked us to, to move and we said yes. God asked us to answer a call and we said yes. And when we said yes, we started leading the church and Jess and I had a very interesting conversation because we had to come together as a team and decide to take it as one because we are mere sarks, one flesh, right? And one of the things in the conversation that we had when we decided to lead the church was Jess said to me, I feel God's called us. She had, God had given her the the call as well in a different way to me because we think differently. But she had one uh, rule, if you will. And the rule was, if I lead the church, I don't have to preach, do I? And I said, babe, you don't have to preach. We will lead it as a team and we will, we will move where God asked us, asks us to move. And I've never questioned that. We have been leading now for four years. And I've never, ever gone back to the drawing board with her and said, hey, I think it's time you need to preach. Because I needed it to be something God had called her to do. My wife is an amazing woman. She leads big conversations in very big organizations, which she will talk about in a minute. But over the holidays, she came to me and she said, Babe, I think God's asking me to preach. And I went, Hallelujah, I'll take it. Yes, let's go. But I just want to, before I, I get Jess up and I, get a, and I pray for her and I let her loose on all of you, to me, this is a massive milestone because she didn't want to say yes. And I know what she's going to preach about because it's where we've been talking about, where we feel God's leading us. But you know, all through the Old Testament, there's many times where God makes a call and the, the initial answer is no. The initial answer is that's too big for me. Those boots are too big to fill. I can't do that. But if we stay in God and continue to heed his voice, continue to listen, that first call never ever goes away. See, if God's written it on your scroll, it will continue to pop up. It will continue to pop up. I knew she was going to preach. I just needed God to tell her she was going to preach. And that goes for all of us. Every one of you in this room have an individual massive call of God. And it will continue to pop up. It will continue to pop up until you say, God, I trust you. I don't know if I can do it, but I trust you. And this morning, this is Jess saying, God, I don't know if I can do it, but I trust you. And yes, I will say it. So why don't you just give her a warm welcome while she comes. Father, I thank you for this incredible woman. God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for her heart and her willingness to say yes, to follow you wherever it leads, no matter the pain or the heartache, no matter the challenge or the mountain, God, for her to say yes and to follow you with all that she has. God, I pray this morning, Lord, the Holy Spirit, you would speak through her. Open our ears to hear. Open our hearts to receive the gold that you put in her. 
Father, and I pray this morning that we be set on fire. God, that our mind would change, that our hearts become enlightened in you. We love you. We honor you, Father. And I pray for strength and courage for her to stand where you've asked her to stand. In your name we pray. Amen. You know, when Ben started talking about the volcano, I had a selfish interpretation of that meaning that a tsunami was coming and I didn't have to stand here today. <laughs> um, not the case. Tell me if this microphone is awkward. Hi, everyone. I'm Jess. I wrote that when I was doing this and I know it's a bit awkward, but I left it there. It's there. Um, today I want to share something with all of you that I want you to know that I'm still very much on this journey. Um, I'm by no means at the end of it, uh, but Ben, Coco, thank you. Both of them have helped me get through my head this week of being able to stand here today. And what I can tell you with the little things that I have started to do with this way of thinking, there is fruit from it. One, that being me standing here today. Uh, but two, I want to invite you into this understanding, this revelation, so that I don't just hold it to myself. I think I have to do two. So, I want to talk about mindsets. Uh, I know in lockdown I did a little bit of talking about that. Uh, we did a workshop. But I want to go a little deeper into this today. I want to talk about how mindsets are created and how we can break them. You might think, is Jess a neuroscientist? Does she study the brain? No, I don't. I'm not that cool. Um, but for the past five years, I worked at a company where we've worked with really large organizations like Amazon. It's my big, like, card play. Um, basically training their leaders, helping to develop them, helping them to unleash their potential in that organization. And I love my job. If you don't know me, I love my job. Um, but what I love about it is exactly that, that I get to work with people to unleash their potential, that where they are today is not where they have to be tomorrow. The one thing that we found when we work with these people through our research, trial and error, is that unless people have a belief that they can actually change, then we can't do anything. No matter how clever, engaging something is, it doesn't matter. So, I'm gonna go through, it's gonna be a little different, it's not my usual workshop where I get to do activities because this is a monologue, not a dialogue. I like dialogue, but we're here. Um, so, often we start with an activity. Oh, I keep forgetting that's not. Oh, hold on. Let me go back. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so I want everyone to think about a hero, someone that you admire. What is it about them that you admire? I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. Maybe not a minute. Okay. What is it about them that you admire? Oh, sorry, I've gone too many. I know, I've got that. Sorry, everyone. I'm going to get lost in this transition of slides. Were they born with those extraordinary abilities? And did they achieve all that they did with very little effort? Okay, yeah. Let's talk about Paul the Apostle. I think everyone, everyone in here, we all admire him. Um, 
Some of the greatest achievements that I think we see is that he wrote 13 of the 27 letters in the New Testament. He planted a number of churches. He was in jail more than four times, a number of shipwrecks, and escaped death many, many times. He was also a very great writer, very great communicator, encourager, knew how to have a tough conversation, um, and he was compassionate. But I think regardless of all of those things, no matter his circumstances or whatnot, we can always see that he always managed to preach the gospel. Never stopped through those trials and tribulations. So, I think he's just one of the people that is the reason that we still have the gospel is being so like heard so loud here today. And for that, I'm grateful, which is why you're seeing that face. <laughs> um, and again, I'll pose that question. Was Paul born with all those extraordinary abilities? I think we can all say no. We know that, oh, again, I have so many gifts for all of you today. <laughs> um, we say no. Um, we know that he didn't start out preaching the gospel of Jesus. We know he actually worked to destroy it, which might we then suggest that he didn't know how to hear God's voice. He didn't spend time with him. But over time, we can see through those letters that he wrote that he, that changed, that he was able to actually hear God's voice. He, he learned how to spend time with him. And through the fruit of those letters, he, uh, sorry, and that's, I think that's the testament to him that through all of that, through the journey of those things, we have the gift of those letters that he's given us. One of the things that he said in Colossians is, I'm going to stand back here. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wealth, not an imper uh, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. I think everyone in this room could agree that in a race, only one runner wins, right? Yeah, agree? So why would you participate in a race if you weren't trying to win? I don't think that Paul's saying that only one of us in this room succeeds or that we're here to compete against one another. I think what he's comparing us to is the athlete, their discipline, their willingness to put effort in to actually win. He's focusing on the... He, sorry, he didn't stop at one letter. He didn't stop at two, he didn't stop at three. He got all the way to 13 and probably a lot more. What is extraordinary about him is his effort that he applied, that no matter where he was or when in his life, he didn't stop believing what he was capable of doing and putting effort in to achieve it. So, let me ask you this question. Did you know that just because some people can do something with little effort, that it doesn't mean that others can't do it, and sometimes even better with a little training? Maybe. <laughs> At, at the beginning, you might be like, oh, yeah, of course, but let me tell you a story. I wrote in this note, it says this one's for the boys. Let's talk about golf. <laughs> Did, again, I'm full of facts, knowledge, but golf, uh, in its very beginning stages, there was a common belief that you couldn't train, you couldn't be better with that. You were either born with the skill of being able to play golf or you weren't. And it wasn't until a man named Earl Woods sat his son down and said, if you practice and you put in the hard work, you'll be able to master the game. And after years and years of experts laughing in their face, literally, 
This man, Tiger Woods, became the number one golf player in the world time and time and time again. He is just, him and Paul, are just two examples of how innate talent is nothing, success is 99% hard work. What I'm getting at is that the heroes that you may have thought about before, yes, some of you are like, they weren't born with those skills, <laughs> but that is exactly the point. They weren't born with those skills. They put time and effort in to achieve the things of where they are today. We don't have to sit here and say, I wish I could be like them. I can't be like Ben who preaches. I can't do this or that. What, we, what matters is not you being like them, but it's that you are trying to unleash your potential. I'm so nervous. Okay. Okay. Got some good news. It's not about our intellect or our abilities that we were born with. It was about our willingness to try and put effort in. That is the belief that I'm talking about today, the mindset that I'm trying to unpack. Oh, I can't click it. That's a hamster running on a wheel, going round and round and round. Oh, no, it's just double clicking. That's fine. So let me ask you this question full of questions today. Are there things in your life that you feel a little stuck in? Are there things that you wish that you could do better? Um, or you just don't have the skills to do them? Some things that come to mind... Oh, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> like clicking a clicker. Um, having a tough conversation, forgiving a friend, reading your Bible, praying for a stranger, running a Bible study group, or interpreting dreams. Now let me ask you, Another question. When was the last time that you stopped to think about something that was really hard for you to do yesterday or a long time ago, but really easy for you to do today? Something like, let's see if this works, driving a car, learning how to use technology, <laughs> learning how to cook. That's definitely my experience. <laughs> or being a parent. All of these skills that you now have were not skills that you were born with. And so they're just a beautiful example of how you have changed already, that you put in effort, time, you failed, you changed your strategies, and time and time again, you got yourself to your goal. Well, parenting, I'm not there yet, but cooking also. Not great, sorry, Ben. Um, so, if we can do things here, then why do we struggle to do them in other areas of our life? I think it all comes down, back to this word, our mindsets. Mindset, put simply, is just how you set your mind. When you wake up in the morning, when you see someone that's new, when you encounter adversity, bad things, it's your mind in that moment that helps you to succeed or fail. There is a beautiful lady by the name of Dr. Carolyn Dweck, who is a neuroscientist who studies how we think. She, over many, many years, came up with the two different pathways that we think, and we often go in between them, fixed mindset and a growth mindset. A growth mindset is basically what I've been talking about. It's that people believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. Brains and talent are just the starting point. The view creates a love of learning and a resilience that essentially is essential for great accomplishment. 
the opposite fixed mindset is that you don't believe that that you believe that you were born that way that you were either born smart or you were born dumb that you were born smart uh, sorry that you're born with sporty talent or you weren't this belief goes completely against that and what I have found while uncovering what this really means and how it outworks and fascinating is that this stuff is spread throughout scripture this is a kingdom principle that she has basically given a new revelation to our generation that wasn't in my notes that's a good line <laughs> um, so I'm going to flick through these do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good, acceptable, and perfect. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old, for behold, I am doing a new thing. And for he who sits on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. He also said, Write this down, these words are trustworthy and true. All of these verses are just a sample, a portion of throughout Scripture where God is telling us that we transform, that we go from one thing to another. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. The past is the past, so focus on today. He's making a way forward. He's making all things new. I cannot get out of my head over the last few weeks that God is calling us to transform and to change, that it's never too late, that... There is nothing that you can't do. <laughs> but what I'm also learning is that we have mindsets that are stopping us from achieving that. I think there are people here that know a way, they know where they want to go, but there's something that's just blocking them from getting there. So. Oh, I had this, but... Coming back to these things, they're just they're things that stop us. They're reminders that we have that stop us from doing these things. So, what happens? How does this happen? How do we figure out how to actually make a way forward? How, when we have scriptures like asking you shall receive, that we're still stuck? What I want to do is try and explain how a mindset is created so that we can actually figure out how we break one um, and ultimately achieve our potential. So, I want to talk about The Lion King. Hopefully everyone's seen it, because I'm not, not, I'm not giving you any <laughs> stories. Um, so, I want to focus on Simba's journey. I know that he's the main character, but what we know is that he was born to be a king. Uh, so, remember, solely on Simba. Yeah? yeah. Sorry, I just heard Joel. <laughs> Um, okay, so it's not long into the movie that we see Simba playing in an area they shouldn't be playing in, and then a wildebeest stampede comes down, and it's getting a bit hectic, his dad's running in, Mufasa, such a fun word to say, and throws him up, he gets to safety, and Simba's kind of off, can't really see what's happening. When the stampede leaves, Simba comes back down and he sees his dad has died. His uncle comes along Scar and says basically it was your fault you should run away that is what we call an experience so we've talked about positive experiences like learning to drive a car or cooking but I want to use this one to help understand maybe a negative one and how this how our mindsets can occur so 
from the moment that Simba leaves, he creates a belief. A belief that I killed my dad. It was my fault that my dad died. And regardless of it being true, that then created a mindset. A mindset being, I'm not good enough to be a king. I can't be a king. I won't make a great king. Which then led to an emotion, emotion of sadness or fear. And that then led to a behavior of one, him running away, but two, in every other circumstance for a while, sorry, every other circumstance for a while, Simba tries to run away from his calling. He gets angry or he get, tries to convince Nala to stay with him in the wilderness. He does everything within his power to go back to where he was called to be. So, what changes? How does Simba figure out who he is? Rafiki happens. So Rafiki comes along and he bops him on the head and he goes, it's in the past, it doesn't matter. So what is Rafiki trying to say to us? Uh, okay. It's that Simba's experience and belief was in the past. It created a mindset that you can't be king, which then is stopping him creating behaviours from him being who he's called to be. What Rafiki is showing him is that you can't change your past. He can't go back and make his dad come alive. You see him sit and he wants his dad with him or whatnot. It's not this thing that he can change. The only thing that he could change was his mindset. Going from, I can't be king, to, oh, I just can't wait to be king. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't going to sing that, but that's the Lion King. Um, so, what's the point? Simba renewed his mindset. It was hard, don't get me wrong. This, as the saying is, you're stinking thinking, right? That's some of the hardest things that I think we have to do. For me being here today, I have some very bad stinking thinking that I had to work through and I laugh about it, but I've genuinely cried a lot this week trying to beat those battles. So, if we can start with an overall belief that where you are today is not where you have to be tomorrow, that, my friends, is how we start to renew our mindsets. Not only that, if we look at this as a circular motion rather than a linear one, we can actually start and go backwards. Start from your behaviour. So I'm not talking about looking at one another today. I'm talking about looking at yourself. It's very easy to judge another person, but very much talking about me, myself and I. So what is the behaviour that's showing up? What is the emotion? Why is that emotion occurring? What mindsets have I put in place that are causing that to happen? What beliefs and experiences in my past have occurred that created that mindset that I'm holding on to? I think one of the most powerful things about Simba's story is that really helps bring this point home is that Simba didn't actually find out that it wasn't his fault that Scar, sorry, it wasn't his fault that his dad died, it was Scar's fault. But his mindset changed before he knew that. He didn't have to find out the truth back here of what really happened because back then, it probably wouldn't have mattered. He had to change who he thought he was in that middle bit. It was him that had to do that. So let's go back to this question. What are some of the things that we're stuck in that we can't just get there? No matter how little or small it is, 
what past experiences do you think that you might have that are causing that mindset to stop you from outworking that, stop you from growing? Do you really believe this? Do you believe that your intellect and abilities that you were born with have nothing to do with it? It's really just your willingness to try and put effort in. If the answer is yes, that you do believe it, then we've got work to do. I know that it might seem like this is a little bit me-focused or individual, but what's different to what I'm telling you versus the leaders that I work with is that they work to better themselves for themselves. I'm asking you to better yourself for the kingdom so that we can actually build the kingdom. Jesus, God, gave us the task of expanding the kingdom. It's not just going to be the click of the fingers and he does it. He needs you. He needs you and I. And I believe that he needs us to work on ourselves so that we can renew our mindsets to get on with it, to keep moving forwards, to growing towards our potential. Because I know that I'm not there yet. I'm going to get feedback after this about how good or bad it was and I'm going to take it on board. This is a learning experience. <laughs> because the abilities that I have today are not going to be the abilities that I have in 10 years, but it's my willingness to try. It's my willingness to stand here and just have a go, to face those demons, to cry, to be who you are and know that Jesus is with you in all of this. Like, as much as I've been emotional, my emotions and behaviour that Sean and Coco and Ben have dealt with this week. They knew the mindset that I had and that's what they helped me deal through this week. With them through prayer, that's what I was praying about. Help me with my mindset, help me change that so that I can just simply walk and talk. So this is my leaving message. Renew your mind every day. We don't have to be scared by the fact that we're ever changing. We can know, like I said, that life is a journey, it's a process, there will be progress along the way, we'll fail, we'll get back up again, but it's our willingness to try, to continue to do this stuff so that we can achieve the things that God has called us to do. That was what I wrote. <laughs> Um, yeah, in all seriousness, from the beginning where I was talking about the fruit, like, I would not be where I am in the workplace if I didn't work through those mindsets. Um, I think the other underlining thing is, I didn't do that on my own, like, that is the journey that you take with the Holy Spirit. That's the direct prayer that you pray, that you focus on, that, um, yeah. So, if you want to learn more, I'm here but thank you for being a part of my journey today. <laughs>